0: All right, welcome back, guys. Episode three. Keep trucking powered, hammer down radio. Uh, welcome back! Thanks for joining us again. This is uh, Travis Baskin, and I'm here with our uh, trusty host, uh, with the absolute most, Jonathan Keene. Hello, everybody! Welcome again to episode three. Thank you very much for coming back. Uh, we're we're really enjoying uh, bringing this to you once a week, and uh, you know we've got a lot going on. Jonathan, what's uh, what's been happening the last seven days, my friend? Uh, just a lot of work here in the office. I know, as usual, you've been out on the road traveling
1: around collecting those frequent flyer miles, right. uh, but we're excited um, here, as always, to be with you, episode three. And before we dive in, we always want to remind the good listeners out there how to get in touch with us. 855-434-ELOG is the phone number, keeptrucking.com the website with the blog. That's and right.
0: Look us up on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. We are... Uh, active on the social medias.
1: Yes, and our uh, podcast here, Hammer Down Radio, has our Instagram account. We're up on Facebook. Hopefully everybody's checking that out. We want to hear your feedback as we continue to produce this content. As we mentioned in episode two, we were actually expecting Travis to be out on the
0: road, but we are graced with his presence for another episode. That's right. Thank good. I haven't earned that companion pass yet too, so we're we're not we're not quite gonna bring you one from the uh, from the Airbus that is southwest. I love it. I've been flying southwest almost exclusively my entire flying career. <laughs> I know that uh, I know that you've you've got a you've got a preference, I'm sure.
1: I do uh, whoever is going to, you know, keep the wings on the plane and get me to the ground safely, so uh, I'm an equal opportunity flyer, so I'll go... I'll go with any of the yeah, brands. Yeah, I know out there. that.
0: I mean, obviously Southwest has been in the news lately. We don't have to. We don't have to harp on it. Uh, maybe that's a subject for a different, uh, a different podcast. But uh, uh, you know, to get back under, to get to the point here today, what we want to, what we want to talk about is, uh, is this issue I keep on hearing about driver retention. It's, it's repeated almost ad nauseum. Driver retention. We're having trouble retaining drivers. Uh, is this a real problem in the, uh, in the industry right now, Jakeen? Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> wow. Should we end there? That's Yeah, okay. All uh, well, right. <laughs> well, no, it is, it is a great point and something we wanted to discuss today, and I appreciate the segue into that. You know, I think that... Driver retention is a hot topic within the industry. There's no doubt that it's an issue plaguing the industry, and I would say, quite frankly, it's probably the biggest issue plaguing the industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's is, a, a variety of reasons as to you know why we are not only attracting new drivers to the industry, but also struggling to retain the current ones.
0: I, I mean, are there like some? Num- Do we have some numbers on this? Are there regular turnover rates? Is it does it does it plague the entire industry? Is it is it bigger with the uh, with the mega carriers or what's what's kind of the breakdown of the uh, of where this issue is really manifesting
1: you tend to see it more with your owner operator fleets and you tend to see it a little bit less with the company owned fleets so yeah, there's you know, there's reasons there, but generally the company fleets can offer some more benefits to their drivers. Maybe they can give you a 401k and some health insurance, things like that. Uh, but you know, oftentimes I would say drivers are moving around a lot to different fleets. They drive under different DOT authorities. They try out different fleets. And you know, oftentimes those drivers that are new to the fleet get disappointed once they start a job. Most of them realize that the job you know, or the company environment is significantly different than what they expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, there's also, uh, you know, maybe the reason of, you know, so many new drivers leave in the first three to six months of starting their job, um, you know, just due to the fact that uh, it, it can be a grind, yeah. you know, they, they get into the industry and, uh, you know, it is long days, but, um, you I guess know, that is to
0: say, you know, that this, this job isn't for everybody. Is the idea.
1: Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, time away from your family and their, you know, their, their those sort of other items outside of just the core components of the job you yeah. start to factor in, but, you know, ultimately drivers, have been maybe an afterthought for some fleets, which is, um, you know, I think starting to change now that they're in in a shortage, right? Mm -hmm. We need good drivers out there on the road. And if you look at it, only one in six drivers on the road actually fall into the millennial category. So a lot of the drivers uh, are aging out of the industry. So it's a generational thing. Yeah, we you know as as the drivers get older, eventually they may want to step back and retire, or maybe try other pursuits. And we're not attracting enough good young talent to the industry. That's really so.
0: that's really uh, that's an interesting uh, prospect. So can we talk about that aspect of a little of it a little more? If if we've got uh, you know a population of good professional drivers that are uh, kind of aging out and they're, they're you know, uh, uh, moving closer and closer towards retirement. Uh, congratulations to all of you out there, by the way, um, who are doing so, but they're not being filled with, you know, fresh talent, new pipeline. We need, we need younger folks. How do we, how do we attract more younger drivers to the industry? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that this is a discussion being had, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of boardrooms and a lot of uh, uh, garages around the country.
1: Well, I think first and foremost, it's just raising maybe the general driver pay, which mm-hmm. we should see go up. We talked about in episode two, right. the freight prices moving upwards, that should lead to higher driver pay, which is across the board in any industry, you start paying people more, you're going to see more people come into that industry. But you know, beyond that, I think uh, the fleets really need to do a better job of highlighting the perks. It is actually a great job. At the end of the day, you get to go around and see the country. You're not stuck in a cubicle like, yeah. like myself here in San Francisco. You're <laughs> yeah. out seeing... A lot, this, a lot of a lot yeah exactly a lot of this great uh, country out yeah, there that's,
0: that we have that's interesting um you know i've also heard folks talk about uh training uh sometimes being an issue in 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 the uh in the industry is that maybe tied somewhat is it is it because uh you know you you mentioned how tough a job uh, it is to be a truck driver it, it, does the training aspects you know the 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 long onboarding process and the the lack of of immediacy of being able to be really good at it really fast. uh, Maybe that factors in somewhat.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think it goes back to the point I made earlier. It's just the way that, you know, expectations are initially set within a fleet and then, you know, maybe not meeting those expectations um, from the driver's perspective. But, Uh, You know, it it does take time to get up and running. You got to go out and get your CDL and you got to go through certain procedures to uh, get out there on the road. But, you know, I think the drivers that have stuck with it and, you know, put up with some of the ups and downs of the industry over the last couple of years are going to start to benefit on a pay front with the prices moving up, especially the independent owner operators, which for our purposes, you know, our, our product fits very well across that Uh, You know, industry because we are so flexible and uh, very much plug and play and a lower cost option relatively to some of the other. Vendors out there, but you know it, it's an interesting issue. It's something that's been written about extensively. You know we're not going to be able to share every single nuance and bullet right. point in today's podcast, but uh, there's been plenty of research done on the topic, and they are working hard to find ways to attract new talent to this industry and retain the great talent that we already have.
0: Well, you know it's it's in an industry that is in an industry that's that's so um, you know government heavy. It's so. I mean, it's realistically it's very regulated. Uh, it's a very regulated industry. It's it's been found to have been a heavily regulated industry, a classically heavily reg- regulated industry. Uh, you you think you know is there some sort of fix that maybe the FMCsA is there? Are there things that the FMCsA can do you know to help out uh, on that front? Well, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, do you think from the regulatory perspective,
1: you being the head of our regulatory affairs, is there too much regulation in the industry and? Uh, More specifically, to keep trucking, you know, what are we doing to help cut through some of that red tape?
0: Yeah, well, obviously, yes. Uh, Well, I should say, obviously, there are a lot of regulations that. Uh, that that control the the movement of freight around the country, the trucking industry as a whole. Whether there are too many, whether there are not enough, whether they uh, do the job that they're intended to do or not, uh, that's that's a matter of debate, uh, uh, I think. But the objective truth is, there are a lot of regulations in this uh, in this industry, and and you know to 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 kind of talk about what it was or talk about how that. Uh, affects the driver shortage issue. I think that, you know, it's, it's a difficult, daunting task to, you know, one of the, one of those regulations requires that a driver know the regulations. And, and when you're dealing with the FMCSRs that are, you know, the, the federal motor carrier safety regulations, or if you print them out, you're going to have, you know, 500 damn pages, Uh, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of regulation there. Uh, and that's a daunting task. Um, so one of the things that I do, you ask what we do here, what I do, um, you know to to kind of help our our folks Get around that aspect is that I've you know obviously um, as the head of regulatory affairs I've made it a mission of mine to to understand the FMCSRs uh, as intimately and as robustly as uh, as I can um, uh, and what we've we've also done is uh, you know we've established and an kind of intake mechanisms so that when folks get uh, violations out on on roadside inspections and they might think that um, perhaps this violation was not uh, was not appropriate for the uh, circumstance uh, for those of you all initiated you know that you know you can challenge uh, the the quality of the data uh, that's that's found in your CSA and in your SMS uh, that the FMCSA keeps by filing a data queue uh, a request for for uh, data review we've set up a mechanism to kind of do that for a lot of our customers and, and that helps in a couple of ways um, one great way that it helps is that it offers that service to our customers it allows um uh you know it allows our customers to to not internalize the cost of having to go through that process uh and it also gives us an opportunity to keep our hands on the on the pulse of the enforcement mechanism around the country um I, I know uh, we might have talked about it before in a couple of uh, earlier episodes. One of the things that's most painful for drivers and fleets around the country of late uh, has been the fact uh, that the enforcement of these rules, of this, especially the ELD rule, and uh, you know the fact that everybody has to be um, logging with, with devices now, has been... Sp- there's not been a lot of continuity across the country with it. And and that's for a number of different reasons that we can get into, uh, at another time. Um, but it allows me and my team to kind of keep our hand on the pulse of that. Um, and, and that's kind of a real tangible way that we're trying to help folks, uh, you know, get along through this, that's great. through this really heavily regulated time. And, and there's just so much confusion. That's one of the things that we like to do.
1: Yeah. And I think, to piggyback on top of that, here at Keep Truck, and our mission has been to provide a very simple and easy to use solution from the electronic logs perspective, and the benefits from that standpoint. Are numerous for the in-cab experience of the driver you know avoiding those form and manner errors uh, making sure the logs are up to date um, you know making sure that that experience doesn't slow them down that when they get in the cab of the truck they hit uh, they log in they hit two buttons and they're up and running there's not a lot of waiting and downtime with our system and um, that's another way that fleet managers and owners can improve that driver retention is giving them technology in the cab of the vehicle that's gonna just make their life easier and that's really I think the mission at at the core of what we've been on here is just to try to improve that driver experience first and foremost and i think we've done that you know Make very well easy. and yeah, we've set right. up the mechanism with you and regulatory affairs and that whole group to you know absorb some of that information that comes from the road and better understand that and you know hats off to you all for <laughs> a well, job well done at least to this point
0: yeah it is it's it's yeoman's work uh uh it, it's a daunting task but uh, I'll, I'll tell you uh when you're dealing with uh the, the enforcement of regulations and the enforcement of laws. There's there's always work to be done uh, and we can always get better. So uh, that's, that's realistically all we're trying to do.
1: Agreed. And driver retention is going to remain a hot topic in the industry. I know in future episodes, we may want to touch on autonomous vehicles. We didn't even get to that aspect dun, today. Dun, dun. Yes. A little teaser there as they <laughs> call it in our industry here. But you know, I think that's a great place to leave off this topic. We would love to hear from all the listeners on this topic, what your feedback is all the way from the ownership level down to the driver perspective on what you're seeing uh, You know, cause this driver retention issue and also what you think could help improve that issue. The absolutely. more feedback, the better for us. So. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And I suppose then with that, Uh, uh, you know, invite you guys to to get to our Facebook, get to our Twitter, uh, uh, you know, call us if you need anything from us. Um, And uh, I I suppose we could just sign off with that. So uh, it's a great
1: place to leave it 855-434-ELOG is the number one more time. As Travis said, Facebook, uh, keep com is the website. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in and we'll look forward to episode four here in just a short week's time. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.
0: (laughs) PHONE <laughs>